I'm a podcast man. <laughs> Welcome to Best Boys of Film Podcast, an amateur film study podcast for the average Joe, the buffest buffs, and the cringiest bingers. <laughs> <laughs> I'm drinking your milkshake. <laughs> oh, I'm your host, JP Plainview, and I'm joined by HW, and I'm joined by my brother, professional Hollywood videographer. The third revelation. I am the third revelation. <laughs> oh, man, what's going on, everybody? Core of the story back with another awesome, awesome episode of the Best Boys Podcast. HW, how you feeling today? How's the oil? How's the oil prices? Hello? Well, he said it was HW, so... Oh, sorry. <laughs> I you I thought you said HW after... No, no, your, uh... no, no. The, the, oh, because he's... Oh, my God. Because he's... Oh, my God. <laughs> I was... I wasn't... <laughs> I... <laughs> Oh, that that's funny. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> <laughs> it took me a second. There. I was like, Wait well, yeah, I don't blame you. Um, no, that's 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 character. Yeah, I was like, yeah, thought there was a yeah, thought thought there were, thought there wow, were technical went, difficulties. You went full Daniel Day Lewis, full method for me. Yeah, that's 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 what I'm into is uh, going you know above and beyond. I, I gotta be my character at all times. So uh, I understand. It's like how you get the best performance. That's how Alf yeah. is also. Uh, <laughs> the alien? Yeah, I <laughs> Yeah, Alf is uh on the set. Alf is Alf at all times. Like you, everyone in the cast has to treat Alf like an alien, uh, not a puppet. If you call him a puppet, he just like it's like a slur to Alf. Really? God. Ironically, man. Alf is caught on video saying the N word, so it all comes full circle. <laughs> <laughs> Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! All right, but Jeez. this is not an Alf podcast, so yeah, um, <laughs> we got movies to talk about, and we got some good, interesting ones. Um, we got a movie that we've been talking, saying that we are going to watch for a while now. Finally, uh, between the holidays and you know how indie movies release, um, I don't know if this is considered an indie movie. It's got a uh, budget wise, forty, it, it's 40 million range. budget. Yeah, budget budget wise, I don't know, but no, no, uh, definitely not an indie movie with a forty yeah, million dollar budget. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, Thomas uh, Jane's Punisher had a forty million dollar budget. Well, that wasn't exactly like a big blockbuster movie either. But it's, no, so it's it like a mid. This is like a mid budget movie. Um, yeah, is that what you would say? I you're much more familiar with that those uh, scales than me. Yeah, yeah. This is like um, normally. This is what your like comedy movies at. This is what your uh, like something like Adventureland type like size movie where it's like, uh, or a little bit bigger than Adventureland. I would um, say Adventureland was a small movie. Like uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a good uh, comedy that's I know that's old rather, school. Uh, she's old school. Uh, she's out of your league. Uh, movies like that are usually in the thirty to forty. She's out of your. Where are you pulling these? Why? <laughs> Pittsburgh, selection. baby. Shot because shot. Okay, okay, understood. Understood. <laughs> okay. Um. So, but yeah, I've so been it's... we've been wanting to watch this movie for a long, long time, and uh, we finally have. I'm a big fan of Paul Thomas Anderson. I uh, I've seen a bunch a bunch of his flicks in the last two years. Um, 
And uh, I haven't seen them all. I just realized that. I thought I saw more of his stuff than I have. I've seen like a little over half. Um, and uh, yeah, so this is like I I kind of like put him on a, in a group with uh, like Quentin Tarantino a bit because uh, I think they were like buds in the '90s or something. And they kind of came up around the same time. Um, but uh, I think his style is is much different and uh, much more different and much. Uh, uh, more mature, um, but yeah. So, what's your relationship with with the PTA? Uh, this week is the first time I've watched any of his movies. Uh, these two movies. So this was a. Uh, I've always heard about Paul Thomas Anderson, and There Will Be Blood specifically. I've heard for like a decade to watch, and I've just never gotten around to it. But uh, I'm uh, I'm now a fan. I've got uh, PTAD. Um, because I'm ready to watch all of his films now. Because this is they're just so good. I really like the style. I like what he does. Um, and we'll talk about it in it. But you can, you can feel a little bit of the story tru- structure. Kind of how he does his films between these two. Even with them being almost 15 years apart. Um, so it's a new experience for me. But I'm, I'm on the board. I'm on board the oil train. And uh, when you're really pipe. seeing like this is the widest range. Like this is his mm-hmm. range. You know like. He's yeah. got fun movies, um, and fun, but still with substance. And then he's got like super fucking serious period piece, um, mm. but still the style shines through. Um, uh, big, f- there will be blood. I, I like I said, I saw probably like oh, three years ago for the first time, and it was it's a movie that just like made help like made, help me dive into this kind of film wave that I've been on the past few years it's like oh my god film is an amazing thing it's a it's like very much an entry point um and it's very he's mainstream of course but um he's kind of somebody that'll get you to look uh at his stuff and then beyond that um on a david i think he's on a david fincher kind of a level like very mainstream but it has a bunch of uh, like a really strong catalog filmography and uh um and it's a great entry point for people to get into uh, higher forms of film. And uh, yeah, for these, just for these two being the only thing I've seen though, the 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 character development that he does because these movies are for the most part just focused around like one or in Liquid Pizza two main people, and you have there's such a development throughout the movie, and you learn so much of how how these characters are and their ins and outs, their quirks, and all these little things that are just picked up not from direct like spelling it out but just throwing them into scenes throwing them into just like events and just letting them unfold as the characters naturally would and it, it just works so well um so, so believable especially with uh, there will be blood um yes there will be blood is uh, it, it i've seen it now like four times and i think that it is in my top five films of all time since we've done this podcast i think my top five films of all time has been challenged a bit um, and I want to reevaluate at some point, but uh, I think that before we started the podcast, this was it. It was like this and Blue Velvet. I know we're firmly in. I forgot about. I think The Matrix is what kind of had me reevaluate a little bit. Um, I think I slept on it because it'd been so long. Um, but but yeah, digressing. Um, big fan of uh, There Will Be Blood. So I was really excited for Licorice Pizza, and I knew with the '70s style. 
um, that it, and it seemed fun, and it really reminded me of Boogie Nights, which is I know a mm. lot the movie that a lot of people were introduced to Paul Thomas Anderson by, um, with uh, Mark Wahlberg and Don Cheadle and Julianne Moore. He 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 works with a lot of the same actors. Um, Julianne Moore, Philip Seymour Hoffman, I know are in a lot of his films. Um, this movie, Licorice Pizza, that we're starting with, uh, stars um, Gary uh, Gary Valentine, the, the, is the name of the character, played by um, what is this, Cooper Hoffman. Um, I knew I knew it. And uh, his son. <laughs> and it's, and uh, I thought that was really interesting. Um, and sometimes kids... Like the the kid the the spawn of really great actors don't always work out. I know recently they had uh, I didn't see this movie, but they did that Sopranos, like the Many Saints in Newark, and they had James Gandolfini's son playing uh, Tony Soprano. Mm-hmm. And I I didn't I don't know I didn't see it, so I don't know anything about his performance. But and I also think about uh, Hugh from The Boys is uh is the kid of uh, Meg Ryan and uh, um. Fuck. Uh, Quaid. Not, I forget which, not the the handsome Quaid. Randy Quaid? The handsome Quaid, not the crazy not Quaid. Randy, not Randy Quaid? Which one's the handsome one? Dennis, Dennis, Dennis Quaid? Yeah, Dennis Quaid. Um, and, uh, I, I really was trying not to look this up. And uh, and then also there's um, the son of Kurt Russell and um, uh, Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn, right? Is... Uh, He's in um he was in the Overlord and he was in the uh Captain America the new Captain America. He's the new Captain America in uh the Winter Soldier Falcon show. Mm. He's a US agent. That's what he plays. Yeah, yeah. Um so there's been a, like this wave of of ki- even oh there's even another one. The Souvenir had uh has uh Tilda Swinton's uh daughter and she's really good. It's just like I think it's interesting that we're at a point. It's like it's like sports where we're seeing mm-hmm. A wave of children, Dynasties. uh, yeah, children of actors we grew up with, um, yeah. But uh, the new, but so, new Baldwin era. Uh, I I realize I'm rambling a little bit with uh, because I was talking about the cast, and but so I'll move but on. Now that, real quick though, rather you say that I didn't know that Cooper Hoffman is Dennis or not Dennis, is Philip Seymour Hoffman's kid, and uh, I see it now so much. Um, he looks so. He looks very much like his dad. Oh, the, the, um, you could see it in the uh, the speaking mannerisms. Um, mm-hmm. He uh, the way he speaks, his voice, and the way he speaks is very similar to Philip Seymour Hoffman. Um, and just is like he has a, a kind of similar energy. But he's he's young. He's he's very youthful, and he's he's uh, he's different at the same time. Oh, yeah. Um, the yeah, other interesting stuff. Go ahead. I was going to say, this is the last kind of side thing of just random people who are in this movie. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's dad is in this movie as the waterbed mattress salesman. uh, Oh, there's a a wild. We're we're talking about the cast. I saw a bunch of people. uh, There's a bunch of uh, cameos esque uh, level of the people in this movie. Um, I didn't know that that's what Leonardo DiCaprio's dad looks like because they don't look anything alike. And it's so wild to me uh, because he's just like. This long-haired, soul-patch, hippie-looking dude, and then you got Leo, who is like formerly, you know, super uh, fit-looking, handsome guy, and now he's just like the the what the dad bod king of, of handsomeness. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah. There's a <laughs> lot of wild. there's a lot of uh, interesting um, 
people that pop up throughout the film. These the other star of the film is Alana Haim. Haim, I think, is the the uh, the proper pronunciation. I think a lot of people say yeah. Haim because of Corey Haim, um, but mm. she's of the band Haim, um, and uh, the, her sisters are also in the film, and her parents actually play her real parents, and uh, I thought that was super interesting. But she is awesome. She's great on camera. Mm. Um, she's great. She's a great energy. Um, I think that's the big breakout of this film is Alana Haim should be acting more. For um, sure. I honestly, arguably the best part of the film. Yeah. Um, she can't not, I don't say she carries it. Cause it is like, I do think, uh, Cooper Hoffman, it was very good as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and like he really, for, for the character that he was playing. Um, mm-hmm. but she, she's just like, oh, she's so dope and she's really strong character and she drives really well and they like multiple they say it multiple times like wow you're really good at driving um <laughs> yeah, they said to set it up for that big hill scene uh after bradley cooper's house yes uh yeah bradley cooper's in for a little while sean penn's in for a little while tom waits benny safty from of the safty brothers um, yeah there's a, little, a wild cast is, yeah, it, John C. Riley uh, was a pl- guy playing Herman Munster. Um, <laughs> On a like, set almost off-screen cameo. It's so far to the right of frame in the background. It, it's out like, of focus, too. Like you're, I don't think you're supposed to yeah. be able to obviously tell it's him, but the voice, he's such an iconic voice. Um, yeah, Ru- Herman Munster, we're not up yet. Maya Rudolph had a very, very small part. Um I think it's uh, the, the that kind of stuff is interesting. It kind of remind. I know we just I've been bringing up the Matrix Resurrections every week, uh, but I thought it's kind of reminded me how um, Christina Ricci was in literally had like one line and one shot in all of the Matrix Resurrections. I wonder if that sequence was longer and they cut it down, um, like the boardroom shit. But uh, but yeah, mm. uh, <laughs> Liquor's Pizza. Uh, what did you think about it? Uh, that was really good. I think I think uh, a lot of this movie has so much that I like about it, and it, the the only things I I don't like are just kind of towards the ending of the movie, just because of the context of the characters, and it kind of it feels weird um, because of the age gap, and and it's a love story between the two. But I, I, if, that aside, though, this movie is, is very fun. Uh, and I I think it's a really good watch. It's a little long. I think we'll talk about that in a little bit here but um but overall I, it, it's fun it's a good ride i i definitely think it's worth the watch um yeah i think on how you feel about the, the the character story choices towards the end mm-hmm. i uh i think uh, that uh, talking about the pros is is to start is good because there's a mm. lot to like about this movie especially if mm. you're into a style however just just to to you know break you know spoil this um, not about the plot, but how I feel about it is I do consider this one of the weaker uh, PTA movies I've seen. It's 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 if it's in the lane of a uh, of Boogie Nights, maybe just because it's seventies um, and it's fun. And uh, but I would consider uh, uh, it's more mature in ways, but also um, a little messy in others. Um, I, but, but just starting off, like the performances are great. We talked about that. The casting is interesting and great. There's a lot of, uh, interesting plays with structure. Um, and that's something that I've noticed in multiple PTA films is you think the movie's going to end. And then there's this like, uh, extended 
um, almost extended ending or extended epilogue feeling thing. Like the act structure is there, but it's um, so it's shorter and longer than than I'm um, than you're almost used to. Um, this movie definitely felt feels like that a lot. Um, mm-hmm. We'll talk about my example with that, and there will be blood later. But uh, uh, and like so, there's a thing with that with that pacing. Like um, the first probably hour of the movie, I was like having a ton of fun, um, mm-hmm. just laughing out loud constantly in the theater obnoxiously maybe to the to uh to to my partner's uh, uh opinion but uh yeah it was uh, it was a good time i really liked um there's a lot of good jokes there was a lot of uh uncomfortable cringe kind of stuff and um like oh my god i kept you know like oh like gasping at things that people would say or do and um and gary and alana are both really bold so they are just mm-hmm. like going for shit they, I, I am not that kind of person you know that can just walk up to somebody and try to sell them something or walk yeah. up to a girl and start spitting game um not, not even like obnoxiously just even trying to do that in any way is just not my style and uh and these people are very bold and and gary is like a it's kind of like an adult, uh, not an adult in a child's body, but uh, he he's very much uh, adapted. He's grown. He's um he's mature past his age, and that's mm-hmm. kind of a theme of the movie. And that's why uh the main plot is Gary is a fifteen year old that wants to date uh, Alana, who's a twenty five year old. He's a child actor. He has money and uh and he runs businesses and she. <laughs> And his mom works for him, and it's this weird. Yes. Um, he has a lot of independence, um, but in with that maturity and you know independence, though, it, you it exposes the ways that I think that he still has to grow in. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah, go ahead. you can see what that you? With, with you see that with all of the 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 different jealousy scenes in this. You can see that with just the. Um, He's kind of because of the child acting stuff and the money, he kind of you can tell is just kind of done whatever he's wanted and gotten whatever he's wanted. And in the times whenever there's things that like aren't going his way, it's immediate like kind of uh, non understanding, like anger and stuff like the, the when they talk about the um, the oil crisis happening and he's like, uh, he didn't know vinyls made from oil. And then that whole thing is like going to ruin the business. He's like not taking in on but it's a big deal. Cause it's like, what do you mean? I just buy my stuff and we sell it. There's no like there's no outside force that can stop me from what I want to do. And then he just like, they takes it out on Alana. Yeah. Um, yeah. <clears throat> and that... stuff because she's calling him out on his, on his immaturity of just, mm. he, he only, he, I think she says that the whole world doesn't revolve around you. And he's like, yes, it does because his whole world up to that point has, and he doesn't have like a, the concept of other people or other things and, other, and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he's used to being in charge of the, or the, he's the leader of his friend gang. Um, mm. He's, uh, yeah, he gets what he wants generally. Um, but he's also, he's capable. Like, it is demonstrated that he is capable, um, and very, you know, he's, he's good at talking. He's polite. Uh, as much as he's a, it's established that he's not a good guy. Um, at least, you know, for most of the movie. But, uh, but, it, but he's very not, like, he's like good boy, quote unquote, mm. um, energy. I would uh, like he's polite when he speaks and he's like he's articulate and uh, um, he like he uses fancy adult words. Um, she like mm-hmm. points it out at one point like swiftly. Who talks like that? Like what kid talks like this? Um, yeah. But uh, 
I mean, he also has just like the the fifteen year old early teenager thing of just like following the compass of his dick through the whole movie, which so also that is important. something that I think is a main uh, thing, and it's something that me and Riss have talked about a lot. Um, we mm. talked about we. I was over at your house last night. We talked about it a bit, um, and it is. Uh, it's uh, there's a lot to be uncomfortable about, and I think this movie mm. wants to make you feel uncomfortable about things, but. Um, it's not trying to say what's right or wrong. Like, I don't think, I think there's like less of message here and more just this, these are elements of the, of reality. I don't know about you, but I've been in a situation kind of like this, like pining after a, a, a woman that's too old. Um, and it, it feels re it felt very real. It felt like something that mm. can happen. Not the stuff with him being a child actor. If I removed that, I could see mm. this happening. Th- the ending is where that kind of gets muddled up for me, the reality mm. uh, part of it. But I, I did feel like in those moments between the mm. two, um, that, that there's chemistry and like the flirting and um, and the jealousy and whatnot. Um, like in, it, it felt very real, uh, messy and mm. complicated, uncomfortable. Um, not you know, I don't approve. I still don't approve of the relationship in the end. Um, yeah. not, we haven't talked about what happens in the end, but uh, I don't approve of it, but it is what it is. And I think that's what this movie's kind of saying a little bit. Um, and the stuff that you brought up that kind of sparking this is the the sexual and emotional immaturity of Gary. And I, I, mm. talked, I mentioned this earlier, but it is demonstrated that he is, yeah, like he, even if he's a good kid, a good boy, like around this time, it's just like, how can I get sexual? How can I make sexual things happen? Um, how can I get hand jobs? And in this time, it, like that priority goes over, you know, respecting people's um, feelings um, you know, mm-hmm. using people, maybe like trying to manipulate somebody into a relationship just for that, and then not mm-hmm. being in a relationship. I know that's very that was very common around that age in my world. Um, for others, and you know, there's just toxic male behavior, mm-hmm. heterosexual male behaviors at that time. That and you're kind of, and I was talking about this with, with Riss, and it's not good. And like there's, in this time, there was much less education on those things than there is today, mm-hmm. and. Uh, um, we're just uh, he, he, he's figuring these things out and he's you know he's bad he's these behaviors are bad and I think there is some kind of development throughout the film um that he's like figured out that he had, like about love he's learning about real love and you know real relationships adult relationships mm-hmm. um beyond sex and whatnot but that is like his main drive the, I think the reason he walks up to Alana is you mm. know oh, for sure have sex with her it has nothing to do with and i don't he thinks that she's attractive and she's older and i don't and whatever and he's what i don't know but uh there's a it's complicated and i'm not you know an expert enough to explain all this stuff and i think there are going to be people out he, out there that are maybe rightfully uncomfortable by some of these things um whether from their own trauma or from just you know the uh, risk brought up something about like it Using sexual assault as character development for a male is, you know, a tr- I guess it's a trope in media, and it's bad. It's not a, it's not a good standard to set for 
Like it, it uses like the woman as a vehicle for that development, their their trauma as a vehicle for the development, <clears throat> and uh, and like obviously he didn't do that. He hesitated in that moment, but she was yeah. saying that it kind of uh, harkens to that. And I thought that was an interesting perspective. Um, and I that's when I brought up my thing about um, you know he's the sexual emotional immaturity and figuring these things out, and it felt very real and and visceral mm-hmm. to me. And it, like, it reminded me of those days when I was that age and I wasn't rich or anything, but you know, you had, you, you had friends that had bad behaviors and, and they made it seem like that, that was just how things were. And, mm-hmm. um, you didn't know you, you were learning as you went. And, um, I, I think there's conversations that we have today that we did not have even when I was a kid in the nineties mm-hmm. and early in the two thousands, you know, um, mm-hmm. And I think that that's something I thought about a lot after the film. Yeah, a lot of this movie, I I I have to chalk up to just of the time, like you said, with just like lack of of, of education on certain things, and and uh, and just probably just a lack of less of caring about that kind of stuff. But I, I was curious to ask you, do you think the movie still works with the same um, like plot lines, messaging, themes, and all that. If they would have just made Gary seventeen, where it's like legal technically, but he's still a kid, um, do you think that would have? I made think it's less worse, dangerous. I or... think it's less dangerous. I think them being this far apart means it's like out of the question. Like this is an impossible mm-hmm. relationship. Got, and, yeah. Okay. And like them ending up together, and I'm we're now going to just say it. They end up together in the end. Um, <laughs> and it's very weird. It's very weird, and I don't know how I feel about the end. But uh, but it seems like this shouldn't this can't happen. So it, yeah. it's it's not a possibility. So you're just going. And I think in previous, if this was an older film, I don't think it would have ended up this way. Uh, that they would have ended up together. It is uncomfortable that they end up together. Mm-hmm. Um, still to me, uh, even though yeah, like, like we watched this whole love story and we know that they're in love with each other, it it didn't feel satisfying. It didn't feel right to me in the end. Mm-hmm. But there is real yeah, chemistry. It's, it's like not earned. It's it's uh, it's like there's real chemistry, and they gave us these moments, and they I know that they love each other. Um, it's just, yeah, I don't. I think it's just to- it's a toxic thing from the two of them, where she is she's someone who very much uh, enjoys the the validation of like being needed and doing like especially after doing good work. Like when he w- goes to walk out after the oil fight, and she's just like, "Oh, Gary, come on, I'll drive you. And it's no big deal or whatever." Meanwhile, it's a fifteen year old kid. She's like kind of falling apart for right in there and then uh, um the uh i I feel like in the end it's just kind of like like fast forward it's like what if like in the off chance that he were to like uh or not off chance but like he goes on another like travel job or whatever he's immediately just going to fall in love with the next pretty girl yeah i mean it happens yeah it happens multiple times there's a period so it's like the whole middle part of the film is like one of them talking to another person and the other one getting jealous, the other one talking to another person and the other one getting jealous. And then yeah. it's like, that's the whole middle of the film is like this back and forth. Um, this, this toxic cycle of, uh, like sexual yeah. tension and jealousy. And, um, and so and to me, like, the ending just, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. So to me, when you have the, uh, uh, when you have like in the beginning, he tells the I'm going to marry this girl one day. And then at the end of the movie, he's going, this is Alana Valentine or whatever. Like it's all bullshit to me because of the entire middle is to paint this guy as he's just, you know, thinking with his dick. Well, they have this and, weird, uh, and the, I think it's also important to mention the power dynamics at play here 
Um, they yeah. both have. This is like I think I talked about how this felt real in terms of the younger boy pining after an older girl, blah blah blah. But the what makes this different is they both have a power over each other. Obviously, mm-hmm. she has power being older, more mature. Blah, she can blah. drive. She can drive. She, you know, she's um, she's the un- she's the you know the unattainable thing. He's chasing her sexually, etc. She's withholding those things, obviously, because rightfully so. And um, <laughs> and the other side, she's working for him now. She is using using him for social climbing. Um, now you know she started out taking pictures for of children, and he mentions this in uh, in the movie. And you know, at the by the end, she's working for uh, a guy running for mayor, and uh, she's like really becoming a professional and become and growing as a person. Like she, her character has definitely developed and matured as well. Um, she was kind of uh, stuck in this uh, late now adolescence. She still lives at home. Um, with her family and you know she's you know in her mid-20s and she doesn't know what she's doing with her life and stuff and and she kind of finds her passion you know, through this journey um and doing all this business shit with gary she you know whatever i don't know if it, um uh, Riss brought up something about like she, she's kind of like a social climber um you know and there's opportunities towards the end like when the councilman calls her and asks her for a drink that she's like immediately drops what she's doing to go yeah like she was like ready to pine all over the 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 co-worker who's been you know very respectful like yeah you've been doing great here like i'm so happy yeah i thought that they were gonna end up together yeah and it would make sense and then as soon as wax calls she's like ah fuck you dog i got a bigger fish to fry and then in the end, it just goes back to the 15 year old who it just by the time he's 18 is going to be a different person. And then by the time he's 24 is going to be an even different person. So yes. it's like it's there, I it don't think I don't I don't know how they the, I, I like they end up together, you know, in the end. Like, I I yeah. can't imagine in the epilogue of this of the story that they end up together. Um. Yeah, it just doesn't make sense unless it just ma- it's like the the Dane Cook like I left my CDs in his truck type of thing where you're just you're giving yourself an excuse to just stay attached to this person. Oh my god, um, you made a Dane Cook. You just made it. I, I know exactly what you're one. talking about. I know it's it, and honestly, uh, a lot of people listen to that shit. So millennials probably know the reference. It's just hilarious. <laughs> where Dane Cook, baby, <laughs> that was the first one I thought. he's alive in 2022. Um, I'm sure <laughs> you, you know what I mean, though. I'm like, sure he could use the publicity. Um, yeah. Oh god, yeah, no, he's a he's a piece of shit. Yeah, I heard he's a real big piece of shit. Um, <laughs> but uh, but um, but you get what I'm saying though about that. Like, yes, um, yeah, I feel no, like, they, like they're stuck, gonna be stuck together and like yo-yoing uh, back. And yeah, forth. Just, I don't think hmm. that'll happen. Like you said, they're he's gonna change and he's gonna realize hmm. things and she's gonna change and whatever. It'll end up. It'll end up bad. I mm-hmm. don't feel like it's going to be happily ever after, considering how young they both are, but he is especially. Mm-hmm. Um, For sure. So then, all right, let's, I think, talk about, there are two specific sequences of the film that are kind of, um, they feel like off, they kind of feel like offshoots. Um, this, this movie reminded me of two things stylistically. One was Wes Anderson films because you had a lot of children doing adult things, talking to each other like adults, um, and it's fun and and um, 
70s you know uh and just the vibe is very 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 much wes anderson with all the kids and their schemes their business schemes um the other thing as i it, this movie reminded me a lot also of once upon a time in hollywood because it's a period piece it's long as shit and um it's not quite as meandering as that movie can feel um i like that movie but it has like these diversions in the plot that don't really build on the plot in any way and they just kind of like this fun wacky scene um and then we go back to the story it's like this little this little side side break um you know what i mean do you know what i'm talking about yeah oh 100 percent. i was gonna say this for sure feels like a lower budget once upon a time in hollywood aesthetically um and how they cut it and like how you're saying the whole second act we were talking about last night it just feels unfocused uh is what i what i said where it um where well i will say this movie as a whole is a lot more focused i would say than once upon a time in hollywood but that middle section there's not enough until bradley cooper comes essentially towards the end of the second act uh it's hard to um uh, it starts to get you know kind of dry and boring, and it's just I feel like I'm watching the same. Uh, well, know, just... I mean, you talk the Sean Penn scene is before that, and the Sean Penn scene I would argue that feels like equal... a lot. La- it's so equal... long. See, I thought it was about the same to me as the Bradley Cooper stuff. Like they're they're like I was equally interested in them, um, but I just kept realizing that they're long, and we still have to finish the story. So like yeah. these two scenes, I loved both of them. The Tom Waits. Mm. Sean Penn talking to each other shit. I was dying. Tom, so like Sean Penn is just speaking in in riddles and speaking nothingness. Like he's like <laughs> talking. Like I know what it yeah. is, but it is what it is. You know what it is. You know. You know what I mean. Yeah. And and then he, Tom he Waits about losing people in Vietnam. Or well, something before that, before too. that, and then Tom oh, Waits sorry. is just growling back at him. <laughs> and and, 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 and then Sean Penn's just saying nothing, and Alana's like, I don't know what you guys are talking about, and yeah. I was just like, I don't know either because they're saying nothing. And then you have the scene after with Sean Penn uh, t- telling her Korea st- war stories, and she's like. Uh, first he's saying lines about random ass shit and you don't know and she's like are you saying lines and he doesn't he doesn't reply and doesn't say anything and then uh, she's like then he's telling a story about Korea and she's just mesmerized by it and he's talking about like this you know it's how he's having a war flashback and then uh, we a few minutes later director over Tom Waits no Tom Waits like uh, gathers everybody and is like He's like, we're going to reenact the scene from the bridge of Tukasan or the bridges of Tukasan. And that was what that was the place that Sean Penn was talking about in his story. And yeah, that yeah. reveals that this was all bullshit lines. And then they try to reenact a motorcycle jump from the movie. And it's ridiculous and long um, and silly. But uh, I really liked it. I really liked it. Yeah, it was uh, it was really funny. I it just started to drag on a little bit for me when it uh, from the time where he just starts rambling about war, the war stuff until the uh, the motorcycle thing. Once I realized like he's not responding to anything she's saying, and this is she's literally just there to be some arm candy for him, uh, and it just kind of is like out off the wall. I kind of like fell out, um, especially when I got to the golf course part because then you see Gary there. Um, and uh the or before at the tail of cock before they go to the golf course 
uh, Gary shows up with his friends, th- these two girls and his one friend Kirk, and then they just keep, it's just the Gary and Lana just fucking glaring back and forth at each other a bunch. It, it, I don't know, it, it dragged a little for me, but I loved like the opening of Sean Penn at the thing with the with the director it was really funny. Um, um, I wanted to say also Alana's first uh, film audition um, was very reminiscent of Mulholland Drive to me. The mm. the audition scene with um, uh, you know the audition scene in Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Did you did you, yeah. you know what I'm talking about though? Did you think I think I, yeah, I think I do? It's, it's been a few years since I've seen it. When uh, Naomi wants auditions for a movie and there's an old actor guy playing with her and she gets real into it. Oh yeah yeah she, like, yeah yeah. It's him. like. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly. I remember exactly what you're talking about. Yes, and that's what 100 percent feels like that. Um, but at the same time, it also just felt like Sean Penn and the director just like didn't care what she was. Well, more Sean Penn than the director didn't care what she was saying. He was just like, "She's hot," and I'm just let's go get Trying, a drink after. Yeah, uh, I don't know. The dra- I thought the she had a good. Pro- I thought the audition was all right. Um, it was just that she was lying oh, was about good. all her skills. Yeah, um, I just meant like his Sean Penn's reaction to the audition versus the director in the room where he was like, Oh yeah, this is great. Uh, cause it was good, but well, no, but Sean just... Penn kept calling her the name of the character the whole night. Rainbow. He kept calling, like he kept treating her like she was the character. That's why I chalked it up to him being sloshed from like the, the thing on and not knowing being, her real name. Fu- yeah. Just being fucked up the entire time. Like, yeah, yeah she really is rainbow. Uh, uh, well, but yeah, but uh, she had to be good at it too. She, he had to have liked her performance. I feel like to, have felt that way for sure for sure um um but uh but yeah anyways um so yeah i really liked the sean penn scene and uh i thought it was really funny but then i thought the bradley cooper scene uh i thought there was gonna be more to it i thought it was gonna be a bigger part of the film there's stuff in the mm. trailer i hate when this happens but there's stuff in the trailer of bradley cooper that did not make it in the film um, the Blood one shot color. of him smashing headlights with uh, crowbars and like doing this like ninja shit, um, it was uh, it was in the post, it was in the credits at the end, but it wasn't actually in the movie. Um, I kind of was more disappointed. I love Bradley Cooper's part, and I was it was really fucking funny. Um, and he's this is probably the funniest thing he's done outside of uh, Rocket, and. Um, uh, yeah, I loved all that, but then it just like this didn't mean anything in the end. And it was the movie. I think, I think with the Sean Penn thing, it was obvious this was not really. It's, this didn't build on anything. It was just this fun diversion. Mm-hmm. But then with the, I thought the Bradley Cooper thing was actually going to be like the, the big, uh, climax of the movie tension wise, and then it was gonna or at least know, set up a callback. You know, like the flooding of the of the house call back to that yeah i thought there was just gonna be more to that um and there was no payoff to any of it and Mm. uh it felt weird it felt unsatisfying um and i just wanted to know what he he didn't react to any of the things that they did we didn't get to see how he reacted we just saw him going crazy at the gas station like, if he showed up at the pinball arcade at the end of the movie and just started wrecking shit, that would make sense. It would be hilarious. And it's and like, how do you not... Conflict. And I said to Riss in the theater, I was like, it's Fat Bernie's waterbeds, and it's Fat Bernie's pinball thing, and it's the same building. Yeah. Like, he, if he really wanted to, he could figure it out and fuck him up. Like, he said he was going to. Or he respects him from being from the streets. So, yeah, so, yeah. The, the, so funny. <laughs> so fucking funny. Um, there's this really creepy thing, scene where he's like hitting on Alana while they're driving and 
Um, yeah, it, he it was a great character. <laughs> Apparently based on a real guy, John Peters, yeah. I believe, is the name of the person who was mm-hmm. uh, he was with Barbara Streisand at this time. And, uh, and I guess he was like a film producer and I didn't read much more about him, but I, all I got was that he's out of it is that he's a piece of shit. Uh, uh, apparently uh, I, I was reading it. Apparently Paul Thomas Anderson got permission to make the character a lot more aggressive and violent. Um, like from John Peters. I was reading. Yeah. Like I make him like, <clears throat> I, I've, I yeah, can like, see that. I feel like in projects, I feel like I had, uh, video projects in school where we would make a character like based on a historical person way sillier mm-hmm. and funnier than and crazier than they actually were mm-hmm. um um but uh i i like like i said i liked it but i think it it, it made me f- how it added to the unsatisfying feeling of the ending for me yeah is um as a non-payoff i i i like while i I was satisfied ish with the ending. Cause I kind of knew where it was going, you know, from the beginning it, it just had to make, it made sense that that was going to happen, even if it doesn't make sense in reality. Um, but I didn't get enough of a payoff from everything else in there. I felt like the, all the climate, all, like all the conflicts weren't nearly as big as they were set up to be in the end. Does that make sense? Um, uh, yeah, yes, I guess so. Um, it, yeah, there was something just, that's why I, the ending felt weird. Um, I'm ready to talk about the ending now. Um, I didn't like how they were just running around for no reason. Uh, why did the sisters tell Gary to go to her work if she wasn't yeah. there? So it just go like, to her. Yes, yeah, it's it very cliche. Go to her. Um, I felt the same way about that. And then we had the. I really did. Uh, we did. I don't know if we mentioned. We mentioned that the councilman was played by Benny Safdie, but I uh, really thought he was good. He's a great actor. Um, yeah, I always see like small the, the things, but thing. I always like them. Yeah, I like uh, that too. I, uh, it felt shoe horned in a little at the end, um, like kind of tacked on, but I really liked yeah. it. Um, but uh, after that, it kind of just like Lana, uh, Lana's running to the pinball place, and Gary's running to the thing, and mm. and then she's running to see Gary, and they f- collide in front of the movie theater, and I don't know what that was supposed to mean. But yeah. um, just like I don't know, it, it was it, it was needlessly long in an already needlessly long movie, and uh, the, I think why I think the real quick why I think the the yeah. dinner scene with Safty and or, uh, Councilman Wax and his boyfriend and Alana I don't I feel like it's a little not shoehorned in because of how that whole thing goes down. I feel like it's another instance in the movie of her like you know like being an opportunist essentially and it not panning out the same and i feel like the, her reaction to it is yeah, different than the true. other times yeah so it's kind of like maybe she's realizing that she needs to stop trying to chase for things that because nothing is what she thinks it's gonna be yeah um yeah that's true so, that actually is a really good point um but i see what you're it, it could it can feel shoehorned i think uh, in an already what feels slightly long of a movie um Especially when you know where the movie's headed after they're like go to her, and he's and he's already looking for her. That's like we we know what the setup is. It's not, and unless Gary's gonna walk in on her, um, like hooking up with the councilman or the guy from the thing, ninety percent chance they're getting together. Um, yeah, I I didn't like I like you said it didn't the ending with them ending up t- together. 
Um, I don't know if it didn't feel earned is the word, the phrase I would use, but that's in the ballpark. It just, it, it was not satisfying. And like, maybe because it was cliche, it felt it was cliche. Like they had to end up together cause it's a love story. Um, but I feel like they could have still had a, a relationship, uh, and not like ended up dating, you know? Yeah. I don't know. Um, yeah. Like I, said, I mean, I'm glad I, they didn't. I was gonna say I'm glad they didn't do a time skip uh, of any kind in this work because it's kind of I because oh, if corny. that would have been even hey, that that's what I mean like if they would have been like oh he's 18 now and now she's ready they're both ready mature enough for each other or some shit I'm glad they didn't do that that'd have been lame super lame it was yeah God don't make this movie any longer um, <laughs> I think this movie would have been all right I'm I'm ready to wrap things up on on this um, okay there I mean unless you got anything you want to say. Uh, the only other thing I had to tell about was I looked up why it was named Licorice Pizza, and it's just named after a pizza joint from that era in Southern California that Paul Thomas Anderson knows. Yeah, I, I thought it might be a nothing, like kind of a nothing name. Um, or yeah. like it's not a nothing name; it's, it's just like, referencing the. It's era. like it, yeah, it's like it reminded me of the time and the era of this, but it also fits the theme of the movie. So it was like, oh, we didn't oh, talk I mean, about the racist scenes. Oh yeah, yeah. So this is a, this is the one thing that a lot of people were talking about. I've been seeing. Um, there are two scenes where um, the white there is a white man, and then I forget the name of the actor, but he's a comedic comedic actor. I've seen him in a bunch mm-hmm. of things, and he has a he's a Japanese wife, and apparently they run a rest Japanese restaurant called Mikado, and um, Gary and his mom's PR company. Uh, they're one of their clients. And we have the scene where they're talking about the, you know, the thing in the ad they're putting in a paper, and uh, the the white man is making a horrible racist accent when he's talking to the wife, and just, he's speaking English but putting an affected uh, racist yeah. accent on it, and it is fucking horrible. Like it was, I, it was like cringe <laughs> laughing. That's what we I was we were howling, but it was just because it was so awful to watch. Yeah. And then the wife speaks back in Japanese. In the first scene, we are meant to think that he understands her. And then there's a second <laughs> scene later with a different wife, and uh, he reveals that he he pretends like he understands, but he does not understand. Uh, he does not speak Japanese, and it's just an asshole. Also, the like the, Gary doesn't notice that the second wife is a different person. Yeah, yeah. thus establishing that Gary is also kind of racist. Yeah, um, yeah. Ugh, I, I, yeah. Ugh, the, I think that the, I think that the 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 accent in English. I feel like it it works because it's more of an insult to the white character well and but... it's like supposed to be a commentary i think on the times and the commentary. Yeah, yeah yeah just an example of, of racism like i don't think it's necessarily like... punching down but it is using like the yeah. japanese w- woman women as like a prop in this uh like in this instance mm. for the joke but i don't think it's at the expense you know me and Rist yeah, talk about this too they never make any actual japanese people or asian people do anything uh that would be stereotypical or characterized. It's all just this idiot making an ass of himself. Yeah, making an ass of himself. That's pretty much what it is. Um, and you can imagine why his he, his one wife is gone. Uh, he acted yeah. like he got rid of her, but I imagine there might be more to that. Yeah. Um, but all right. All right. Well, th- that being said, as a whole, 
How do you? What are you giving licorice pizza? I'm tied between a three and a three and a half. I really liked the, wow. a lot of the movie, I, but wow. the uh, I really liked a lot of the movie, but it's just like the the, the overall story stuff and the ending. I just it, I think I'm gonna go with a three. Wow, I, th- I from what you've talked about it, I did not think you were gonna be that low. Um, I was going, I was debating on a three and a half and a four. And, oh wow! Because I feel like there's a great, great movie in here. For um, sure, like for four sure. and a half plus, but it just yeah, is not let me go back to three. And, let me go back to three and a half. Yeah, that don't was, let me talk you out of it. I no, because I do. There's so much to like about this, but the things that are that I don't like are kind of are big story things. I and that's how I feel, and that like that's what I feel. I, I I'll stay. I'll go with you. I, since I was gonna say four and you were gonna say three, I will. I think both of us coming to three and a yeah. half ends up working. It's out worth anyways. the watch. Definitely, it's great. It's good. If you are a Paul Thomas Anderson fan, absolutely mm. watch it. Um, it's it's right. It's that style, but more. Um, and it's good. It's uh, but yeah. Apparently, it's bombing at the box office. Yeah, uh, it has his, it's his best, but it's his biggest budget ever for a movie. And, really, uh, even more than there will be blood. Wow, there will be blood was twenty five million. Licorice Pizza was forty million. Wow. Um. That's nuts. I uh, I, uh, I mean I get the, it though. When we saw it at AMC, it's ban it's under their artisan banner, which I feel like that scares regular movie people away. Um, um it, the, this we saw it at Waterworks, and there were, it was in a smaller film, a smaller theater. I think they reserve for indie stuff. Yeah, um, we were two of four people in our theater watching. There was that. it was pretty full in ours, but it was small. Like there was not a ton mm. of seats. Less than yeah. fifty. Definitely less than fifty seats. Probably like. In like the high thirties, maybe thirty-five seats in this place. Oh, that yeah, that would have felt pretty nice. And yeah, we went to the waterfront just to go get dinner and watch it. Um, and yeah, f- normal sized theater, but there's four of us in the entire thing. They have reclining seats. <clears throat> oh, that's right. The waterworks is nice for that. Um, but um, yeah, it was too long. I I th- I don't know if we've highlighted that. Uh, yeah, fact yeah. About the movie. About fifteen minutes off of the second act, and you're you you got uh-huh. a much. So I think yeah, and I think you could have chopped a few minutes off of each of those fun fun scenes. Honestly, I mm-hmm. think the Bradley Cooper stuff already was cut down. Um, yeah, uh, that's what I was realizing later with seeing trailer footage in the in the credits. It's like they're pro- this movie was probably longer. Um, I'm glad I didn't see the trailer for this though. Um, trailer doesn't reveal a whole lot. I just there I just noticed mm-hmm. that there was footage that isn't in the movie. I just didn't know what to expect at all, other than the poster. That's the only thing I saw. I knew about the, um, that it was about a, a age gap relationship. That's all. I, I heard. Knew. Yeah, I had heard that from a buddy of mine who saw it. He didn't give me tell me anything about what the movie's about, other than it's a fifteen year old and a twenty five year old like dating. Oh, last thing to mention. I know we're way over time on this, um, but Johnny Greenwood of Radiohead did the score. The score is mostly. Uh, uh, songs from the 70s and uh and he but he actually timed when the songs play like it was like he had that much control like he did all of the soundtrack cues and everything nice, I, thought, nice. I thought that was interesting obviously yeah, that is cool big radiohead fan um all right now let's move on to the big boy the big big boy that looms over us all there will be blood what do you think about this? Oh, this is a fantastic movie. This is f- so good. 
the after you get out of the first to like 15 20 minutes i feel like the that intense music just doesn't stop for the rest of the film yeah it's and a it's dread so it's dread. beautiful landscapes with dread with dreadful music yeah it's like all these like they're talking about these things and the oil drilling is happening it seems all good but in the background this music is just powering through like it's just this is all bad you, you definitely bad just said powering powering through you definitely just said <laughs> real pits real Pittsburgh. oh man i've been i've been back here too long i've, I've noticed i've been saying to wrist i was like i notice it comes out for me sometimes now i think there was a period where everyone was talking with yinzer accents uh, when i was living mm. in the city ironically because it was like, yeah. fun and funny and uh and it like was like now you do it town pride and then mm. it slowly just became the way we talked and 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 i think that's kind of how it happens a little bit <laughs> that was ironically sure. get an accent i'm very much someone who who adopts the mannerisms of the people he's around like when it comes to like words and accents stuff. yeah I don't know that's, why that's the, the thing accent. people that's that's the way it is um <clears throat> but anyways <laughs> There will be blood is fan fucking tastic. I think from minute to from beginning to end, this movie is enthralling. Yeah, the um, ending is so powerful too. Like I did not see that coming at the end. The uh, ending is a little batshit fucking wild. I'm not gonna awesome. lie. Um, I because I did not <laughs> expect that. That's how the, the movie would end. Um, Same. This, this movie is very creative in the, how it is structured. And like that's what I was uh we talked about the structure with Vicarish Pizza and that being interesting but all possibly not sure if it detracted or added to the film. This ad is what makes uh, one of the things that make the film so fucking interesting. Um there's like chapters in this movie. Like and there are there are acts but like the lengths of which are varying. Like we have this big the big uh, uh probably the first hour of the film it's very much about um, uh, Daniel Daniel Plainview is played by Daniel Day Lewis uh, setting up a new uh, you know oil rig, oil rig um, oil drill at this town and it's in in California and it's very much about his relationship with his son and uh, you know and and then them building this thing together about a hour th- into the film the film's very long. Uh, almost two hours and 40 minutes. And uh, about an hour into the film, something happens to the sun. And they become estranged. And the whole middle of the film becomes about Daniel and his long-lost brother. And uh, and then his brother kind of replaces H.W., his son, as his partner. And then something happens with that. And he's gone. And I feel like I'm realizing just saying this all like out loud is Daniel's relationships with other people. Daniel's a piece of shit. And we learned that throughout the film. Um, He's a bully. uh, He's selfish, very selfish and greedy. He wants no one else to succeed but him. And any of the good things he does for other people are only to further himself. Yes. It's all in service to himself. It's very much speaks to, you know, the coal towns um, in the, in the, um, in the Appalachian, in the Appalachian regions, um, where, you know, the company store or whatever, like the, the, the company owns your house. They own the store that you buy your food from, they pay you. Um, so mm. it's just this, all this, you know, this infinite loop of you, you giving money to them and labor, free labor. You're basically a slave. 
Um, so there's vibes of that here. This movie is based on Oil, 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 which is a um, book by uh, Upton Sinclair. Um, I don't know. I'm not familiar with the story specifically, so I don't know if how like if it's just inspired loosely or if it's like this character is in that. Um, but uh, Daniel has like he his, he dubs a person like his successor, his partner, his ward, and that he's gonna like train them and what he does, and you know they're gonna work together. Be and that's he he's kind of like he's asexual, um, and like that's what his. Um, that's what he wants in life. He doesn't need anyone else. Fuck everyone else, but I'll dub one person to to be cool to. And uh, yeah, it's so wild for somebody who seems like he wants to be only by himself. He can't be alone, and when he is alone in the end of the movie, he is at his most miserable. Yes, he's broke. at his most. He's mean. He's grumpiest and most miserable when he's alone. But he like mm. pushes everyone away from him. Um, he pushes. Uh, something happens to HW. He pushes HW away. Um, he finds out his brother is not his brother, uh, and kills him. Um, and then we, you know, he, he makes his millions and, uh, I didn't think he was going to kill the brother to be honest at, at that point. Like, cause it, it happened so nonchalantly. He was, it seemed like there was going to be more of a thought and then maybe I'll walk away and shoot, but it was just like maybe a second thought and just, and then the, the, the gun bang wasn't that loud. It was just very like. Yo, Riss was just like wasn't to be sure not if he deal. was shot or not at first, and then it was like, oh, he's yeah. Dead. I think it's I think it's made to just be that this is, for the perspective of Daniel, this is just an insignificant thing. Like, yeah, and um, uh, it's it's done really well. It's it's. Well, you don't fuck. Past. You don't you don't pull one over on him. He's very defensive. Yeah. Um, he's very insecure, and he mm. freaks out on people for nothing at points mm. because he thinks he's being, um, talked down to. Um, he wants like to be in to charge. Um, there's a moment earlier in the film where he like tells this one guy about a uh, uh, an area. Oh, go over to the east. That's where all you know it's at. You know, if someone's got to get it, and my, I'd rather it be you. And I'm pretty sure he lies to that guy and tells him to go. To, tells that guy to go somewhere that there's no oil. Yeah, because um, he's a he's an asshole. Well, he's uh, from Southern California. Is Texas, and Texas does have a shit ton of oil. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, I assumed he was talking about Texas, but I honestly, at, no, by the end saw, of this movie, no, no, that not... was, that was, they were talking about the area that he was in. Like standard oh, oil. I thought you meant like go east nationally. Like, no. Is that, okay. Got it. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, either way it was lying to the dude probably. Yes. Um, I'm thinking it's confirmed and it's just like, you don't, it's hard to, it's not obvious on the first watch through. Um, we haven't mentioned Paul Dano yet. Um, Paul, there's okay. an interesting note, production notes about Paul Dano. This is easily the best Paul Dano role. Um, he kills it. And, uh, I love his character of Eli Sunday. He also plays Paul Sunday. So, uh, so how about this? Yeah, it, I thought they were the same person and he was just like lying. It, it confused me the first time I watched the movie. And once I read the production, it made more sense. So originally Paul was, Paul Dano was only supposed to play Paul Sunday. And gotcha. uh, the guy, the actor who played, um, who played Eli, uh, it wasn't working out, and they had Paul step in one time, and Paul killed it, and uh, Paul Thomas Anderson was like, "Fuck it, you know, you you got both parts," and gave him both parts, and just like fired the original Eli Sunday actor. That's nuts. He does such a good job. He as like the zealot guy, like 
and uh, my favorite thing, honestly, Paul Dano does, and meanwhile, it's just him sh- kind of sh- shrieking in a high pitched voice. But it's the when he comes up Get asking out, for the five ghosts. grand, and Eli just beats oh. the Eli uh, uh, Daniel beats, the, face, shit just beats the shit out of him, and he's just like squealing like a like a high pitched shrill the entire time. It was like the scene is so good, and like uh, uh, there's something about it. And the, yeah, and then the church thing when he's like pulling the spirit out of that lady's arth- arthritis. Yeah, uh, yeah. Shoving it out the door. So he does it so well. It's like it almost couldn't be cringe, um, but it 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 it, it yeah. it's so good. Yeah, yeah. When like yeah, and he's slapping, he slaps Daniel. Like there's this yeah. the middle of the film <laughs> in this movie is like they're trying to one up each other, trying to like get one over on the other. Uh, big, they're big dicking each other, and you don't big dick mm-hmm. Daniel play plain view because then he'll just like fucking crush you. Um, and that, and oh, he'll kill you, which is ultimately what happens at the end of the movie. Um, yeah, so you never pay him the church the five grand. I figured that would have been pocket change to him. Uh, I, yeah, I didn't understand that. I, I think, I don't know if it's because he just didn't like him, um, yeah, because of the old blessing shit. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I I didn't understand why he didn't pay him and I didn't understand why he beat him up the first time, but I realized it was just Mm. all power play. Um, yeah, like big dog in him. You're just that, like once punk. Yeah, once he like couldn't tell could tell that Paul Dana was just trying to be the one in control. Like it very much seemed like, all right, well, if this whale's going to my town, I'm being a part of everything. And Daniel Day Lewis is like, fuck you. Yeah, you aren't owed anything. Um, yeah, except five grand. The, which, which you didn't even for, uh, get that apparently. Um, yeah. Which is five grand. We I looked it up after the movie. Five grand in nineteen eleven. It would have been like one hundred and forty thousand dollars today. So that's a lot of money. Yeah. That uh, so I'd be pissed if I was Paul Dano too. If I was if I gave you all this land and you were supposed to give the church five grand. Um. Hmm. Yeah. So the the movie. So I wanted to talk about the length of the movie because this is a example of a, a fucking long ass movie that it earns every minute of it. And it does not wear on you in any way. You're just interested in this movie and how long ever long it's going to be. And, um, and you know, I like, you just want, you want more, you want more. Um, and I think I wanted to talk, I've been wanting to talk about this and I think we've talked about it before, but I think there's been a trend in films to be over two hours um, and that, you know, because it's indie movies are usually long and there's all these critically acclaimed movies that are long and Marvel movies are long because they have a lot of shit to cram in and mm. it works for them because they're infinite. You know, it's a story that never ends. Um, yeah. but I don't think it works for the average movie. Uh, not every movie needs to be two hours and 15 minutes long or two hours and 20 minutes long, two and a half hours. Um, it uh, is a trend, I think, that is starting to wear on me and wear on people. And, oh, me uh, for sure. Um, I can't, I can't. When I see over two hours now, I start to shudder, and uh, it's just, it's too much. And but this is a movie that is long as fuck. That is great. Um, yeah, this this feels like a two-hour flat movie for being two forty. Yeah. It, it 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 the pacing is so well done. Like for being the fault on Licorice Pizza, being some some second act pacing stuff, this is like perfection uh, for a movie that's almost three hours long. Everything is tense. You never feel um, bored because there's something something else that can go down. Like 
but it, or like, just or the fear of other shit happening based on what's already happened. It's like, you know well, what I mean. With the length, you're able to tell these long. You're tell, able to tell stories within stories. Like I was saying, it feels mm-hmm. like chapters in a longer book, um, like the Henry chapter. And then it kind of just ends and moves on from that. And then even the ending is like a, it's like an extended epilogue. That's what I was yeah. referring to earlier. It's like it feels like this ending could be shorter, um, but you know to have this time skip and then um, this really long drawn out ending, I thought was super super interesting. And we see him at his you know at his most unhinged, like this final moment of insanity that he's succumbed to in the end. Um, and we find out what happens with Eli and everything. Like they're tied to each other since the beginning of the story. And, um, I don't know. Uh, the ending is like what makes it not makes it, but is a crucial piece to why this is a perfect film. I just said it, the P word piece. Perfect. And oh, usually perfect. that tells oh. what I'm going to score it. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can see it. Um, yeah, the I was less in like into the HW conversation with the interpreter, but the 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 final the final final scene. Which is so we need to know the, what happened. Bowling out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which I get, and of course he's gonna take it as like, yeah, you're going to a different country, but of course it's uh, it's competition. You're on this how, earth. Only how you're gonna see it. Yeah. Yeah, you're, um, you're doing what I do on this earth. Therefore, you are my competition. Yeah, regardless of being my son, it's it's such well, not a, even uh, such a good villain. There's a well, yeah. that's when we got the twist that HW oh, wasn't oh. really his son. I couldn't. It, I kept going back and forth on telling if it was if he was fucking with him or not. It was so hard. Like, uh, no, is it's saying, real. You have none of me. In they you set it up in the beginning. Act, yeah, if you watch the very beginning, um, after there's a man that is tending to the baby after that guy gets killed in the in the mm-hmm. mine. And, yeah. uh, and it's alluded and like at for it's it's ambiguous at first, but after that conversation, and like you look back at that scene, and it makes perfect sense that yeah, he just used yeah. that kid as a prop. Um, he might not even have like you know gave him anything in the end, as if he was gonna stop working for him, you know, mm-hmm. like uh, regardless, you know, even if it didn't end up this way, uh, he yeah. didn't. Have, he did. I don't think we've mentioned that HW. Uh, there's an accident at the drill and he goes deaf um and uh and daniel just ships him away because he doesn't want to deal with it yeah he doesn't know how to deal with it and realizes that it's not coming back and then just ships just ships him away um and then after the brother fiasco he's like well i can't be alone again i guess i'll bring hw back oh and there's and i think that the movie does tr- give plenty of hints that he genuinely cared about hw but that he cares about himself more um, yeah and that and like the oil more um and that was the priority and ultimately you know if hw's condition was going to take away from his business um then he can fuck off um mm. and hw does come back with the interpreter but it's like you know because i think daniel wants him to come back but it's just still not he same. got lonely again yeah he got lonely and that's the only after, other person he did it after henry died um uh, so uh, yeah, I there's just this movie is is pretty fucking amazing. Um, it's powerful and uh, and and uh, it's there's new th- like there's innovative things about it and, and like 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 I said with the structure and whatnot and um, it feels different. 
but it, it, these performances are fantastic. It, it really sets accomplishes what it's setting out to doing, uh, setting out to do. Um, and I don't really have any critique at all. Um, not that um, anyone to critique this, but uh, uh, yeah, I don't either. Uh, it's so so well done. Uh, it it is. I dare I use the p word as well. Because it is, it is, if not perfect, damn near. Um, I wanted to say, and this is just something I feel like if you're a film person, you're obligated to bring it up. Um, about this was shooting at the same location and time as uh, the Coen Brothers' No Country for Old Men. Um, and I'd always, I've seen that movie, and I always like had heard that like the there was like tension between the two sets because of what was going on on There Will Be Blood was affecting um, the No Country for Old Men shoot. And now I know why. The big oil rig explosion and all that black smoke they constantly had to keep in the air and the sky yeah. like completely fucked all the beautiful landscape shots for the Coen Brothers movie. And they're both big names, so it's like a who, you know, who gets whatever. But ultimately, they shut down production for a little bit. For uh, Like There Will Be Blood shut down production for a little bit so the Coens could do their thing. Um at the location, but uh, for two movies that shot at the same time and came out at the same time, it's nuts that they're and shot in the same place. It's nuts that they're both phenomenal, like f- five star movies. Five star um, man, like the just in their own right. And I was saying to you this yesterday, but uh, uh, this movie for being two thousand seven, um, it looks older. It looks like it was shot in the early two thousand uh, to me at least. Um, even after watching the the four K version on Netflix, the uh, oh yeah, I don't think and that. It, it, <clears throat> and I think it's very interesting that uh, even because that the the 2000s have a weird thing of just what people were shooting on it with and digital was really taking off and you had a lot of different looks and stuff like that. And um, I always find it interesting that what different things you can get out of in the same time, just based well, on I, like, I don't know if you what aesthetic this, people were going for. But I just what? happened to be glancing that the film was shot using Panavision XL 35 millimeter cameras outfitted primarily with a Panavision C-series and high-speed anamorphic lenses. This is true. This is exactly right. Um, is that different? Than <laughs> um, that, like, Can you explain to the viewers at home? What, well, I guess it's what you're talking about now. So it, it's, yeah, it's, I mean, it's 35 millimeter film, and 35 millimeter film is, is, has a completely different look depending on what film stock, how old the film stock is, all that mm. stuff. And what you're using and then also the lenses on top of it the camera itself when you're shooting film is just a vessel for the film itself yeah. uh so that's not really going to change too much but uh the um i don't i don't remember what the i'm pretty sure they're also on 35 millimeter film for no country for old men but it's just different glass different things and i imagine for this movie being shot in the the early 1900s um, it was probably similar, like licorice pizza. They shot on old seventies glass to match the aesthetic of the look of the time. I imagine for this, they shot on old ass lenses as well. Uh, like those glasses lenses. lenses. Are, are, uh, what? I was explaining that glass means lenses. Oh, glasses lenses. Sorry. Um, is uh, they're probably just using old stuff, and then the the way they shot this movie, and I think why it gives it that old feel is the film is uh, either intentionally. Or is intentionally overexposed and then brought down in post, and you can tell that with all the extreme, the way that the highlights are in this film to to keep the heat feeling and just kind of like the the overall intensity feeling of it to me. Whereas like in, in No Country for Old Men, it's a lot more um, saturation and contrast in the highlights that give it a more modern look. Um, but it's so I, good, like they're uh, yeah. So I, I thought looking. it looked modern. I felt like the 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 swimming scene in particular. I was like, man, it looks really lush. 
and like the landscapes and like the coloring maybe is a little mm-hmm. was a little muted for the landscapes because they're like very brown. But the, I just like the water yeah. and the waves like and while he was floating and scowling mm-hmm. at Henry. I was like, man, this <laughs> looks fucking good. Like the shot is yeah, fantastic it, and just mm-hmm. uh, I don't yeah I don't I guess it doesn't I don't know if it it speaks to what you're talking about but I just thought about how beautiful and lush that looked to me it uh, yeah it, it both of um, we'll talk about this one mainly but yeah so much of the cinematography because that's what you, you're taking old stuff and adding new techniques new cinema modern day cinematographers and people who are up to date on on shooting styles and stuff. Uh, and then pairing that with old stuff and you get this awesome look to it. And I, I really like how they push the uh, how they push the the film negative and post um, to get the look that they have. My, the, the big thing that sold it for me was when they were doing the uh, laying down the pi- uh, where the pipe for the yeah. uh, the pipe to the ocean was going to be. Mm-hmm. And they had uh, Daniel Day Lewis was in under all these like rows of trees and you could see like all of the highlight spots blown out super bright, uh, but intentionally. Um, so, uh, to have this heavier contrast with the stuff in the shadow, even though like Daniel Day-Lewis is still like properly exposed in the shadow. Um, and that was like, that what got me to like really pick up on like what about this look is giving it this look. Um, and then throughout the rest of the film, it's just like, oh, it's just intentionally overexposed and brought down a little bit to give it this more. It's just to add to like the heat, I think, and to add to just more of the old feeling of it. Um, cause it's a com- more common look for, uh, uh, older films uh and stuff but it, it looks super cool i beautiful film amazing film um so um with the, i wanted to talk about the ending just in a general sense because it really reminded me of citizen kane um the end like the endings of uh, ending of citizen kane where he's like alone in his giant ass mansion like comically huge mansion in citizen kane mm. But uh, it's very similar vibe as this, like that the room when HW adult HW comes in is like super mm. fucking long, and like it feels like they're close, but they're actually like kind of they're not that close because the room is so big. Um, yeah, they're like ten feet away still. Um, I th- yeah, it reminded me a lot of Susan Kane, where he's like success, he has success and all the money in the world, and he's bu- he has and he could build anything he wants, but you know, he's unhappy and, you know, his life is ultimately, he's alone and ultimately a failure. I like that the last scene takes place in that two lane bowling alley. Cause it adds some claustrophobia to that scene. Cause there is nowhere to run. There is nowhere to yeah, go. He's like locked into this, uh, bowling alley. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it, it's great. Also just like the, so the, the scene starts in the end when like he wakes up from being like passed out drunk or whatever. And then he immediately, it goes from him being barely awake to drinking eating and eating old food to beating the shit out of Paul Dano all within Yeah, well, it seemed minutes. like he, like, ha- he must have just been walking around with a plate of food, and I don't know. Me and Riss <laughs> were debating if out. that was water in that jug or booze. I think it was water. Yeah. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, I think he, like, he's drunk, passed out somewhere with whatever, the food he had, and then he just, because he's rich and he has this giant empty house, like, he can just do whatever he wants. He loves yeah. to sleep on the floor. Uh, we've we established that he doesn't sleep on a bed ever. Um, so I guess he just sleeps wherever he's at, like an animal. And uh, he wakes up, and but well, I was gonna say before that we see him shooting, uh, shit like random ass plates and shit in his house. Like uh, he's like set up a shooting gallery, and um, 
just doing whatever the fuck he wants, making mess. Don't get, don't care. And Paul Dano comes. He's wearing a suit, and it kind of implies that he must have been successful in whatever he's done. And then it's revealed that he's actually he was successful, but he lost all of his money in the, in the stock market. And um, this and is like right before the the Great Recession or the Great Depression hits. Yeah, I think that that's yeah, it's part of that. The stock market crash. I assume they're alluding to. And he's asks for Daniel for money and like these, Oh, well, I'll give you the, we'll sell you the bandy tract. You know, that's, um, you know, that's where the, there's oil under there that you want. And he's like, Oh, I already sucked that shit out. And he explains, it's like, <laughs> uh, drinking a milkshake with a really long straw. And, um, then he kills him. <laughs> and well, for like no reason for like really yeah, no I reason. I didn't see it ending in that. Like I did not, think that that was gonna he was gonna get bludgeoned with a bowling pin it reminds but, me uh, exactly i think it's i never understood when he first beat his ass in the mud the first time like mm. uh and i think it's just that but but he's gone he's even more deranged so it's like it, what's further mm. than beating the shit out of him is just killing him yeah like like eli's just been under his skin his entire life and they are related because his son married her or uh, his son married eli's sister um, so like they're linked now forever and he just hates so much hate that. for this guy. Uh, especially after like making him do the, uh, the, the, the baptizing thing and just slapping the shit out of him during that. Like there's so much just, I can only imagine there's just so much angst in the, in, over the years that we don't get to see on screen that just like, it, it, cause when he's over, he's not upset or anything. He's just like, well, I'm finished to like his little servant guy to clean up and like no remorse. This dude's just fucking nuts. Yeah, I imagine he goes to prison for this, but uh, who knows? It's yeah, so rich. You're that rich, and you're it's that early before like any kind of crazy forensics shit exists. Um, yeah, he's probably off scot free. Um, but yeah, all right. Well, I is there anything else major you want to talk about? There will be blood. Um. I did want to mention that um, uh, Daniel's main assistant is played by Sierra Hines, who was the grandfather in Belfast. Oh, into the guy who plays Fletcher in this movie. Um, I, I is that his name? I don't know the character. I, I didn't know the character even had a name. It was uh, for Fletcher Hamilton. The only reason yeah. why not Fletcher yeah. Hamilton. Yeah, that's the grandfather the, from Belfast. Subtitles are the only reason I remember half a cast name in a in a or half the characters' names in a movie. I watch them. We, I feel like we, we always watch them, but um, yeah, I I thought that was interesting. Um, but other than that, Paul F. Tompkins was in the beginning, and he kind of had like a you didn't know it was him. You saw on the side of his face, uh, moment. Who's Paul F. Tompkins? A comedian. Um, oh really? Well, that's yeah. cool. Um, but uh, but like that's about the- it. It's it's. I feel like you could talk about. This this is like one of those movies you could talk about forever, but like you're never gonna say anything that no one else has said. Mm. It's just like it. This movie uh, is one of the a very an eternally hyped movie. Um, it's I think a lot. Some people say it is the best film of the 21st century. Um, I I have no arguments for that against that. <laughs> I have no yeah, problems as of now. With that. Um, and uh, that Riss said that she. I think when we went to watch, I went to watch it. She was just there. And she is at first like not th- engaged. She thought it was like a western or something, mm-hmm. and uh, and then figured it out like and by the end of it, she's like, "Oh yeah, lives up to the hype, absolutely." 
Um, I don't know. I don't know why, but going into this, I'd never seen a trailer. I'd seen a couple production pictures from it, um, or like from like screen grab, like lighting setup stuff. And uh, and no one had ever known. Someone told me it was like about oil, but for some reason, I had this because of the time setting that this was going to be like something like Gangs of New York, but with oil barons, and uh, and it's not at all what it is. So much smaller in a great way it works so much in its favor i mean doing uh, yeah i forgot gangs of new york is the other movie with daniel day lewis that i've seen a ton of times and he is awesome in that movie he's probably that movie is i wouldn't i wouldn't say mediocre i like that movie i think better than a lot of people do but uh but man is he like carries that film he's a badass i haven't seen it in ages um yeah he plays cuddy he's the butcher um, but, uh, yeah, what are you giving if that's all? Oh, I want to also mention that Johnny Greenwood did the music for this from Radiohead. The for score. this movie as well? Yeah. Wow. Uh, I think it, it might've been his, the first one he did. Uh, if I recall. Did he, did he like start the trend of, of musicians changing from musician and going into movie movie no scores? that that he didn't start that at all danny elfman did that danny elfman oh. was from an 80s band and randy oh. newman randy newman was a 60s singer songwriter and he did the music for toy story cars and a million other movies yeah um, I, was, I knew randy newman with toy Story, but i just thought it was like a one-off or whatever but the uh um, danny elfman, that's cool danny elfman i didn't realize was in a band or anything. yeah I he's from he oingo boingo Mm. That was it's. Uh, I've heard of Bongo Bongo, but you might not. Have. I've heard of them, but I've never heard the music. I've like, heard the name before. It's very eighties, very fucking eighties, but good. <laughs> um, I was trying to look up quickly soundtracks that Johnny Greenwood has done. Looks like he did small stuff before There Will Be Blood. That was the big one. Um, but uh, but all right. Um, what are you giving it? What are you? What am I giving it? I'm giving it. I'm I'm a, I'm a five star man. <laughs> all right yeah i too am giving it a five this is so this might be my new favorite movie for a while this is it definitely was, uh, i i i don't i don't think it's the best movie of all time oh I, I don't know enough to say that but i definitely think it's mm-hmm. the best movie of the 21st century um at least the one at least that i've seen and yeah uh, this is uh definitely my new favorite at least for the time being like if that makes sense. Like I'm just about it right now. It's so good. It's so good. I, uh, yeah. I could watch it again. I, I easily. Mean, you probably you probably will because I think I watched it again shortly after after the first time. Excuse me. Um, there. Uh, yeah. It's it's just a fantastic film, and on uh, and Paul PTA as a whole. Um, his whole catalog is good. I want. I still haven't seen Punch Drunk Love. I know that's supposed to be awesome. Um, but uh, if you like this. See his other ones, uh, you know, maybe one. I, I forgot to mention earlier. I've seen parts of Boogie Nights. Like I've seen the 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 scene where William H Macy goes in and shoots his wife uh, at the party, oh, and I've seen fucking, a couple. This is the end. That's like the right. Yeah, I've that's seen. Yeah, I've seen end, that, but it's towards the end part. And I've seen, I think, some random scenes of uh, um, with Mark Wahlberg, but never like anything crazy. I think it's just like him talking to John C. Riley, maybe. Um, uh, yeah, and I, but... I, yeah, maybe one. I've been thinking about it. And I don't know. This is probably not something to discuss on the show, but uh, I'd like to do some like retrospectives, you know, in a period where we don't want to go to the movie theater. Maybe you know, right now when it's Omicron's buckwild. Uh, yeah. Um, that we just pick a director and try to go through their catalog 
and two at two to three at a time, one to three at a time. Um, and then, uh, until we're done and then we move on to somebody else. Um, mm. but, uh, we can talk about that another day. Uh, cause I really, there are, I think certain movies we've watched is just like, man, I need to see more about from this guy, but we're watching so many other movies that I can't squeeze it in. Um, or not even guy, gal, whatever. Um, but all right. I think that's it for me. Um, let me see. Uh, next week is the tragedy of Macbeth out. I don't know. Yes. So next week we will be doing uh, tragedy uh, of Macbeth from the Coen Brothers, along with No Country for Old Men. Oh, it's perfect. This is a perfect movie to do after this one. That's what I figured. That was the plan. Um, and then, so I still want to do Red Rocket. Um, and uh, the Florida Project, but we're gonna have to wait until Red Rock. I think Red Rocket is on Voodoo, so we can do that maybe the week after. I love Voodoo. The only other thing is if do you want to, um, do Nightmare Alley, the the, the Guillermo del Toro movie? Mm-hmm. I'm a hundred percent down to watch that movie. It looks good. Bradley Cooper's in it. And so is Willem Dafoe. I mainly want to see it for Willem Dafoe. It's still in theaters uh, now, but it might be gone. It's going to be gone soon. So mm-hmm. it's probably going to be gone by the time we're ready to do it. Um, but we might just but have to wait till it's on streaming. I feel like that movie might come to streaming quicker because it's, it's like this one also is being billed as an artisan film at AMC. And those usually mean it's a, like a smaller um, distribution thing, which usually goes to streaming quicker. Um, uh, I tell you what, I got comfortable with that HBO Max, HBO Max same day uh theater and yeah and yeah i mean it's part of the reason why a bunch of movies are fucking bombing right now um yeah but yeah that licorice pizza bombed nightmare alley's bombed or bombing um the obviously both uh ridley scott movies bombed um house of gucci not as quite as badly um but uh yeah it's a hard it's hard out here for big budget critical films um literally the only thing that's made money i feel like that's come out this year is spider-man um because everybody was like fuck covid oh dude dude did go to the box office yeah dune um dune made money wow Um, i thought because that was was on streaming yeah Yeah. it was on top of being Max. so i think the production companies whoever did it fucking warner brothers is very happy um, it made uh, it was budget was one sixty five million and it made almost four hundred million. Holy shit! Yeah, and damn, like, I mean, it did it did HCR come out in a good Max. time with COVID too. With uh, I think that helped, like things not being too bad. It was probably before the, winter. Yeah, it was very bad. It was very good then. Um, so I'm very excited about that. But all right, all right, we're getting we're going on too long. Uh, but we gave him a little extra. <laughs> Um, so thank you all for listening to Best Boys. Make sure you follow and follow us on all the things. We're on Facebook and uh, and and on all the streaming sites. Um, we're everywhere you can get podcasts. Corey, make sure you watch Corey's recent um, short film, Rough Pants. It's all on YouTube, and uh, and it's really fucking dope. Corey, you got anything yeah, give- you want to plug? Uh, that's pretty much it. Rough Pants, full steam. Please share it watch it everybody likes it they've seen it so just you know enjoy it i'm at Slav thomas on everything uh cory's at cory with a story um and yeah we'll catch you on the flip
Peace, y'all. Bye.